This week on the Habs Forum, 10 games into the season and the Canadians are a 500 team. Is, is, is this the team for the last of the year? Is this, are they overperforming? Are they underperforming? Or is this just a 500 team? We'll talk about that. Uh, talk about, you know, just who's been performing so far this year, the, the recent games. Uh, not a great one yesterday, especially when you see the first overall pick get knocked out by a, not knocked out, but knocked over by a guy that's like five foot six uh, at the end of the game there. Uh, not, not, not the, the most, uh, the most fun games against the wild. That's for sure. Uh, also a minor league trade to, to talk about and some rookies popping off. You love, you love to see it. Absolutely. So Dustin, let's get into it right away. I mean, it's been two weeks since our last podcast. Uh, so obviously we're being as consistent as ever, uh, on, uh, on this, uh, on this show, but uh, going into the last, we had made predictions based on, we were, we thought against Arizona, Dallas and Minnesota at home, they were going to, you said they were going to win all three actually. So they did win against Arizona, but lost the next two, but now instead they've, they've started winning on the road. So I guess who knows with, uh, with this team, but it's, it's kind of been up and down. Eh? It's just the Minnesota games, both of them were pretty freaking boring, if you ask me. But then score seven goals against St. Louis. I, I, I guess this is just what a young team does. Some some games they really really play well, and other games they just they look like they're a kid, they're a team of kids, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we all know like with all the young kids on the team. I mean, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an up and down season. Obviously, there's gonna be a lot of hiccups. Um, you know, even, and, and that's kind of what we saw even just last night. I mean, the, the Habs came out really well in the first period. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, they, they kind of dominated. They were very unlucky to not, to not be leading after the first period. And, uh, fortunately it went downhill pretty fast in the second. And, uh, and they, yeah. they got dominated after that. It's like Kaprasov took over the game. Is, is what it felt yeah. like. Hey, obviously the best player on the ice yesterday, but that's, that's no surprise to anyone. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Kaprizov's obviously uh, extreme, one of the best players in the NHL. Um, you know, they 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 have a pretty good team too. I mean, Flurry, uh, you know, in typical Flurry fashion, played uh, played good against the Habs, of course. But um, yeah, you know, it's it it was to be expected. I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, obviously the Wild are, are a tough team, and uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, the game before that, and you know, again talking about ups and downs. I mean, the game against the Blues, obviously they were down. Uh, I think were they down four to one? I think at one point. No, maybe not four to one. It was three to one, I think. But they were down, and I mean they ended up coming back, right? So I mean it's, uh, you know, they're they you like to see at least that fight, even when like things aren't going their way. They they didn't really get off to a good start against the uh, against the Blues, but you know the the way that they came back and and to see you know really a lot of the kids produce. Obviously Caulfield with three points, Suzuki with three, Doc with two, and. Christian Dvorak making his comeback. I mean, you're, you're, what, what about Slavkovsky's uh, one-timer goal on the power play? I mean, he, he gets put on the power play for about five seconds in the whole year, and he gets a goal right away. That was that was amazing. I mean, his first goal was great, too. Obviously, but like seeing him being able to shoot that puck from – he was pretty far out when he shot that. And for it yeah. to go in the way it did, like that's that's a goal scorer's goal right there. And, and I'm seeing things that I like more and more. I love Sofkowski, man. I, he just – he doesn't seem out of place. I mean, I, I joked a bit at the beginning of the pod about how he got knocked over by Marco Rossi yesterday. I mean, if you watch the replay, it's kind of funny, honestly. Like, I, I, a lot of people are talking about online how it is just the, – the leagues he came up in in Europe, they, they don't necessarily hit in the same way as uh, as they do here maybe. Like, of course, there's the, there's the bigger ice and everything. He definitely did not ex- expect to be hit. I mean – if he sees that hit coming, 
he's not falling over. But uh, it looked uh, it looked a little bad yesterday. But I I wouldn't be surprised if we we don't we never see that again. I mean that's the type of thing that happens to you once, and uh, and it sticks with you. I was I was talking to you before the podcast, and we didn't play a lot of uh, full contact hockey as a kid because uh, frankly I was not good enough for that. Uh, <laughs> but I did play one summer. So my whole life I never played full contact. One summer I played in a kind of a summer league, just ten games, and it was full contact hockey. My first shift. I got laid out like I couldn't breathe for like 10 seconds. And I mean, I still remember it. I was and I was maybe like 15, 16 years old when that happens. Right. Like you, you don't forget those moments is what I'm saying. So I, I think it's going to be a good learning opportunity for him. And he, he got right back up and he was back to making his uh, his funny interviews today. So I think he's I think he's fine. It must have been a pretty good hit. I mean, usually when you skate around for 10 seconds, you already have enough trouble breathing. So. I mean, I wasn't that out of shape when I was uh, a teenager. I, I wasn't the most in shape teenager, but I wasn't in as bad shape as my playing days in the beer league. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it's a learning lesson for Slavkovsky. I mean, uh, and I'm sure like, it, like, again, he got hit by Rossi, who is about three foot two and 110 pounds. So you would think that that's probably pretty embarrassing for him, too. Yeah. So like, you know, it's not like he got knocked over by like Zach Cashin or something. He yeah. got knocked over by one of the smaller players in the league. So that probably going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to affect his confidence, but it's it's definitely he's he's not going to want to let that happen again, right? Oh, for so sure. So hopefully hopefully a learning lesson because yeah, you know, he's 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 going to have to be ready for that. You know, I mean, obviously that's 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 the NHL, you know. I mean, you're you're going to you have to keep your head up all the time. And especially being the first overall pick, you know, there's there's going to be certain players, you know, younger players probably, too, that are going to try to try to, you know, maybe take a bit of a run at you and and test themselves on you. So he he's going to have to do a better job of protecting himself. And he's already been injured one time this season. And hopefully I mean, it it didn't look too serious, though. It looked it, it looked a lot worse than, than I think hopefully it was uh, definitely could have been a lot worse. I mean, it, it was a pretty awkward hit, but hopefully he's going to be, uh, he's going to be good to go for tomorrow's game. We, we never knew. We never found out what that injury was, right. That, that, that kept him out. I mean, one would assume that it might've been on the play where he scored, scored his first goal because yeah. he did get hit up high there, but it was just an upper body injury the the whole time he was out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess uh, you know they ne- never really said, but uh, I think everyone's just assuming that's probably what it was, and and you know maybe maybe a concussion. Hopefully that's that's not the case, and that early but in your career. I, mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I don't think it would be a con- Like part of me almost wonders if they thought that maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea for for Slavkovsky to sit for a few games just for you know. It's he's in his rookie year, just having watched a game from the press box, a few games and things like that, and saying he's day to day with an upper body injury is an easy way for for hot to have him sit without the media doing what the media does. You know, like maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I wouldn't be that surprised if if it was something along those lines where it was a very 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 minor thing. And let's not forget, we have a team that has way too many fours right now, right? There's uh, before every game, there's conversations about like who's scratched and who's isn't scratched because there, there's like a rotation on three or four guys that keep coming out, right? So maybe it's, a, it's an easy way to have Slavkovsky sit without having people losing their minds. 
Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. I mean, I know it's 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 a constant struggle. There's so many forwards that deserve to be scratched on on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was wondering where you were going with that. With they, they deserve to be scratched. It's a good way of putting it. Jesus, man. But uh, yeah, no, but yeah, I, I mean, I think yeah, that that probably does make sense. Maybe maybe that was sort of the uh, the uh, the the thing that they were going for, just scratching him without causing an uproar, like we've kind of seen already with Shane Wright. Uh, in Seattle being scratched pretty much his whole career so far in Seattle. That I can't figure out. That I imagine losing my mind. I would be losing my mind. I don't I don't blame Shane right here. Like the way they're handling him in Seattle, it's I don't I don't get it. Like it's I, I, I did hear that apparently he really fought hard to not be sent back to, to juniors. And then I, maybe they wanted to send him back. They don't think he's ready, but not because he wants to stay up. He, they're keeping it up. I mean, I mean, also it's not his decision, but like, I don't know. It's just they—they they just seem to be mishandling him so much. And I, to be honest, I haven't really watched him play or anything along those lines. But I don't know. Not, not a great start to his career. Like even the games that he did play, uh, like I don't know I haven't really watched them either. But like apparently, you know, he's playing like six, seven minutes a game. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Like, maybe that's like what's the point what's the point of uh of doing that i don't know i, I don't i don't really uh i don't really get it and it's seattle too right it's not like they're they're fighting for a playoff spot right now right like just i i don't know i don't know it's just it's it's it, i i i don't understand the the, the point of it so, but the, the 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 one positive i take for it selfishly as a habs fan is that like we all we've talked about it after the draft, right? That like if and the season's still young, who knows what can happen? But like if if Shane Wright started the season on fire and had like you know had like even just seven points or something like that, a few goals and all that, we'd be hearing about it all the time. And now not hearing a peep, and everyone loves Slavkovsky, right? So it's it's no issues for us. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if uh, I feel like uh, it'll be a very interesting career to follow. See uh, see how that goes because everything's kind of going in the wrong way for him. It seems like. Yeah, and I'm sure like throughout their whole career, I think you know we're all we're always going to be probably comparing the two and. Oh, 100%. So far, so, sure. so far, so good. For sure, for sure. But what I want to know though is when are we going to see some coffee with Caulfield and Suzuki? Now, don't get me wrong. Okay, Doc has been great, and when Monahan was there was great. There's other, but I kind of I want to see him play a few shifts with them. You know, just one game, just for fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it would be fun to see. I mean, I I don't know if they want to put that extra pressure on him. Um, I guess you know at this point. I mean, at this point, like uh, the last couple of games, he's been on the fourth line. So they obviously, you know, it seems like they're they're trying to trying to shelter him. Easy man, of course, of course, obviously. But I do appreciate that they're giving him a little bit of power play time just to give him kind of some some opportunities there. So. That's uh that that's been good. But anyways, I, I honestly I'm uh, I'm not trying to criticize the way they're handling it. Obviously, they're they're doing a great job. It's just I'm selfishly, and this is why I'm not the coach. I just like for fun and want to see them play together. But I, I I've actually kind of liked the way the the lines are shaping up. I mean, I the the way the lineup was set up yesterday. Now now Dwayne Monahan and Dadanov could be like alternated. I I could care less honestly. But I'm I, I, like I want Pitlick in the lineup. Like there's no there's no like reason any of those three guys should be playing over Pitlick. At least Pitlick puts in effort and he's a good guy on the fourth line and all that. 
and Armia's back and, and all that stuff. I don't want Savkowski sitting in the press box. Really the only person that it makes sense, the only three people that make sense to scratch is, is Dwayne, Dadanov, and, and uh, Hoffman. And I, Hoffman, I already I already forgot him because I barely, barely see him doing anything <laughs> on the ice. But I, I, I hopefully it just sticks with that. And like if they're not happy, like too bad, like start performing. Like I, 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 I really, really, really don't care because the other lines are st- starting to click. Like we, we talked about it the other day, Anderson, Dvorak, and Gallagher. And even before Dvorak got, got that hat trick, that line's looking good, and they're, they're they're reminding me a lot of. Uh, I'm, I'm, I know I'm not the first one to say this, but reminding me a lot of, of Tatar, uh, Danu, and and Gallagher, and we're we're kind of seeing the old Gallagher a little bit more, and and that that's exactly the type of role that that works for him, right? Like a a, a defensive center that's that's really reliable, but that can put in some goals here and there, and then and like some energy guys on both wings. I'm I'm really liking that that second line right now. They're they're playing so well. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, they're, they're, they're looking pretty good. And, and yeah, you know, I, I kind of ex- expected Gallagher, Gallagher to have a bit of a bounce back. I mean, he hasn't, you know, exactly lit, lit up the, uh, the scoreboard, but at no, least he no, looks, of course. he's looking a little bit more like himself. He's, he's, he's flying out there. So, so that, that's good to see for sure. Um, you know, I, th- I think he probably dealt with, uh, with some injuries all of last season, uh, especially because of the, uh, the shortened off season, but, uh, no, he's, he's definitely looking better. And, and yeah, that that line is definitely uh, is is looking pretty, good. and really all four lines for the most part are looking pretty good, especially when Hoffman's out of the lineup. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but like I said, like the lineup we had yesterday is, is basically my my ideal lineup. And Caulfield, Suzuki, even though the game wasn't great, but Caulfield, Suzuki, and Doc, I love. I mean, Doc, I mean, I feel like he's been almost underrated. Like he's been playing really, really well. If he's 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 weirdly forgotten, I find and. He's just as young as uh, as as Suzuki and Coffee. Like to have that be your first line, and every game he, he does something that impresses me. He 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 looks comfortable out there. I mean, look, it's not like he's lighting it up or anything like that. Maybe he'll never live up to the third overall pick that he, where 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 he was picked. But I, man, I, that's gonna end up being quite quite the get, I think. Uh, hey, so, uh, I mean, uh, hey, so, but I, I think 21 years old. He's on a 50 plus point pace right now. So I, I don't know what more you could, you could really ask out of him, right? I mean, um, p- personally, the one thing I would say is I'd like to see him play a little bit more center. I mean, that that would be my sort of thing. Though, it, uh, I mean, I love to see him with uh, with Caulfield and Suzuki, but you know, I, I wouldn't mind him playing, you know, maybe on the uh, maybe, maybe being the second or third line center, playing with the, the the one thing I'll say to that because I I got the stats page up right now, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many faceoffs he's taken this year, but his faceoff percentage is thirty-seven point five percent. Yeah, I, no, I get that. I get that. Um, and that's that's probably a, <laughs> a big reason for it. Yeah. But that that's why you can also play him with Monahan, and Monahan can you know do the do the like really important faceoffs, or even he just takes the faceoffs and and you know, but but just to get Doc, I don't know. He was drafted as a center. I feel like he could be. He's a big guy. I think he could be really good down the middle. But so. I don't know, but if he's if it, if he's working well on on the wing, like why why make that change? You know, like maybe it's it's better for him to have maybe the the lesser responsibility that comes with being a winger. And like you just said it to me, he's a big guy. And like we talk about liking Slavkovsky eventually with Suzuki and Caulfield, but the, one of the reasons we say like we see we've seen Anderson with Suzuki and Caulfield. And now we're seeing Doc. I mean, these these are big guys. I I, I like the idea of having a big guy playing next to 
to Suzuki and uh, and Caulfield. And as it is right now, I don't want to separate Anderson from Dvorak and Gallagher. That line's been clicking. There's obvious chemistry there. I mean, Doc is the obvious guy there. Like uh, the the other guy that worked well at the beginning of the year was was Monahan, but then you have to have one of them at center. And like you said, put like Doc and Monahan together, which they did play well together. But then like who's playing with with Caulfield and Suzuki? Then you know that doesn't really make sense to me. Like I think it it, it works with with Doc on the wing there. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, if he can get those top minutes, then uh, yeah, as long as long as he's with uh, Suzuki and Caulfield, I mean, yeah, you know, he's he's getting those top minutes, get get him some power play time too. I I don't have too much trouble with it, but I I, I mean, I I don't want to just not play him at center because of those faceoffs because we all know, I mean, uh, with Nick Suzuki, his first season it was disaster in the faceoff circle. I think he was around thirty seven percent. So, and and that sure. turned out pretty well. Right. Sure, so. but the the way Suzuki plays, we always knew that we had he, like he needed to figure that out because he's a centerman, right? Like he he has that complete game. He's a great guy to have down the middle. That 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 was Nick Suzuki's game with Doc. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the wing is is a better fit for him. Is is what I'm thinking. Right? Like, look, I'm not saying never try him at center a- anymore, but I, I'm not that upset about him not playing center right now. Like, whatever, whether it's wing or center, like. If he's getting the job done on the wing, just leave him on the wing. Uh, I mean, for for now it's working, but yeah, I I definitely want to. It, at some point this season, I want to see him get a shot. Again, I think it makes a lot of sense with Monahan. They can both sort of alternate at center. Um, yeah, I mean, and and they they at the beginning of the season and even the preseason, they seem to have a lot of like a pretty decent amount of chemistry too. So that's what I want to see. It, unless <laughs> I, he's with the, if he's on the first line, okay. But if they put somebody else there with Caulfield and Suzuki, then I want to see him at center. I don't want that's to see fair. him on no, That's fair. That's fair. But here, that's the thing. Who else are you putting with Caulfield and Suzuki? Yeah, no, at, at this point, I mean, that it seems to be working. Yeah. So. And if you get to the point, like maybe they're slowly getting Slavkovsky up there to eventually play some shifts. And if he plays – if, if, if Slavkovsky plays some shifts with Caulfield and Suzuki and it works, then what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Doc gets gets moved on, moved to the line with the Monahan and Armia or whoever else and all that, and then yeah, I, I can see that alter even alternating the centers right because it's one right winger and one left winger. At first, you only have Doc play, taking the faceoffs on his uh, on the strong side, you know, as he's working through it. So I, I I don't I don't necessarily hate that, but it's something I'm worried about. Like who cares if he's not a center? Keep me a winger. For now, for now, it's working, but you know. I don't know. We we have it. He I think he could. He was drafted third overall to be a center. I think he's he's he showed especially early in his career that he had that uh, that he had that potential. And you know I I mean as a center like Doc like if Doc can figure it out at center he'd be a lot more valuable as at center than wing. Sure. Sure. So uh, I mean I'm sure. I mean yeah. We, I mean, I'm not I'm not against it obviously, but uh, but yeah. So what I was talking about at the beginning is what what, what I'm curious about here. Is it even worth talking about the tank anymore? Because right now, if you look at the standings, we're only 10 games into the season, but 10 games isn't nothing either. The Canadians are exactly a 500 team. Five wins, five losses. There hasn't been any too many blowouts either way or anything like that. You know, sometimes they start strong, sometimes they finish strong. You know, it's it hasn't to me felt like this team is playing over their head or playing not as like this really, it, I, it feels like the team we've seen the first 10 games is a team we have. 
Yeah. I th- yeah. And right now they're 20th. I think that's what's going to happen this year. That's, that's, that's... Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it was, I think most people knew that, that we had pretty good forwards at least. So we were a team that, you know, we'd be able to score. And, you know, I mean, we've been saying it the last couple of weeks, basically since the, since the season began, the, the, the defensemen have played a lot better than, than everybody expected. Yeah. I mean, that's the, kids, the big one. The, kids have all been fantastic on defense. So it's, it's been a pleasant surprise and, you know, I mean, the, the, with the defense not being as bad as we thought, and Jake Allen has played super, super well, really, for the most part. Even Montalbo's Montal yeah. not been bad when he's been in nets. Mal, Mal, no, Montalbo's uh, been solid. He's been solid. Yeah, this he's been pretty decent. So, you know, it is it is what it is at this point. Like, <laughs> this, you know, I, I mean, we're definitely playing like a 500 team at this point. But at the same time, like – with such a young team, like you kind of feel like the, the, like the wheels, not the wheels could fall off, but like it could definitely fall, not fall apart either, but like, you know, there, there could be a bit of a, a downswing at some point. And, you know, I, I could see them hitting like a five, six, seven game losing streak at some point, And, and all of a sudden we're back in the thick of things for the last playoff spot. Also, if you take a look at the teams that are behind the Canadians right now, like I'm looking at it right now, there's Pittsburgh, Toronto, Colorado, Ottawa, Nashville, those are all teams that are at least on paper quite a bit better than the Habs. So just teams that have got off to a bad start, maybe. But yeah, um, that's uh, that, that, that's definitely a good, good point. I mean, especially Colorado, Toronto, and and Pittsburgh. Although I'm I, I oh boy, am I enjoying Toronto's uh, Toronto struggles. But at the same time, you can say the same things. There might be some teams uh, ahead that. Uh, that are overperforming, like 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 the Kings, for example, like Seattle right now is in 12th place. Like, are are, are Seattle going to keep this up? Like, I, I don't I don't think so. You know, the Buffalo's doing pretty good. Maybe this is their bounce back year. Like, who knows? It, but it, it go it goes both ways, right? There, there's teams on both sides that could either regress or, or 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 go down. But like to me, regardless of the teams around the Canadians, it feels like this team is going to play 500 hockey and let's just I'm just gonna pull up last year's uh last year's stats and let's say you played no team played exactly five hundred but Columbus played four ninety four and they were twenty first. Canadians are five hundred and they're twentieth right now. Right? Like it, it just seems like the range you're gonna be in, right? Like no no matter what, I would be shocked at this point if this team gets a gets a top five pick. Yeah, I think I think top five is probably a, a bit of a stretch. I, I still think the Habs are going to finish in the bottom ten, um, but yeah, I mean we we've seen it, and, and I mean just play the game that the Habs played against Arizona was a pretty good example that there's still a gap between us and the very very bottom yeah. dwellers of the of the NHL. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean Arizona is going to be tough tough to beat. Uh, same thing with like teams like Anaheim, San Jose. I mean Chicago. Yeah. Even even though they're they're actually Chicago's tied with the Habs right now, but like you know th- these teams, I mean it's a very small sample size at this point, ten games, right? So it's uh, t- there, there's plenty of time for the Habs to fall apart. <laughs> sure, sure, but it, it, this isn't a team that feels like you know what I mean. Like sometimes when you're watching, it, like you're you're watching a team, you, you can tell that they're overperforming. You can tell that they're underperforming. I'm watching this team and it just feels like they're performing at the level that they should be performing at right now. It's just last year, everything that could go around wrong went wrong. The, the, the defense was pretty bad. Uh, the injuries are so bad and all that. And like this year it's, it's the kids are doing good. Like you said, 
the kids are the biggest part. So that's, that's a big thing. If, if, if three, four of, of the young guys go in a slump at the same time, it, things could, could go bad really quickly, but it's not like it's a situation where if the Canadians move a few of their veterans, then we can really go for a tank. Is <laughs> Like, what are the veterans doing to, to help us right now? You know, like, it's like, okay, Monahan's a guy that could get moved and he's having a great year. So, yeah, sure, that could make a difference if he gets moved. But if the Canadians move guys, like, if they somehow find someone that wants to take that in off Hoffman or, or Dwayne, that's not going to change anything. That's not going to have any impact on how we're doing it. Exactly. And if anything, we're still missing our best defenseman in Edmondson, right? So, so like, wait, wait for him to come back. The, the team can get even, even better. And, and speaking, though, of veteran defensemen, who is this David Savard? <laughs> he has yeah, been he, incredible. Been really good. Yeah, he, he's been really good. I mean, uh, yeah, a, a great first pairing there, him and Gooley uh, so far. I mean, uh, yeah, D- D- David Savard has been really good. I mean, uh, really can't, can't say anything bad Do you about think him. it's one of those situations where playing with a young guy that is so strong in, uh, in Gooley kind of is reinvigorating him? Or, like, was he playing through injuries last year? Like, I don't know. Like, the, the, the way he's been blocking shots, and all, he's been an elite shut down defenseman so far this year it's it's really been impressive like elite though like really Dude, he's been in, uh, I, I said elite shut down defenseman okay i'm not like he, i'm not saying yeah. he's he's gonna win the norris he, he's one-dimensional he's like he's been an amazing shot blocker he's been doing he's been he's been playing so so well as a shutdown defenseman I still wouldn't call him the, an elite defenseman, elite shutdown defenseman. I mean, I, I don't know when you're starting the David Savall fan club, Mario, but uh, I mean, you're apparently uh, maybe be maybe you're not watching the games. I don't know what to tell you. He's been he's been incredible. He's been I've, very I've, good. He's he's he, been he, very he, good. He's been better Above than that. very good. He's been better than that. You're underselling him. He's been amazing so far this year. He he, he really has been. And I just, uh, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, like compared to David Savard last year, it's just wild. Well, that's it. Has, has he been an elite defenseman or is it just you're comparing him? Has he been elite compared to David Savard like, from last year? I said year? elite shutdown defenseman. Okay, but okay. whatever. Same, same thing. It's no, but elite. like, it's you not still the same You still said thing. elite and David Savard in the same uh, No, but like, I'm not saying he's Roman Yossi, you know, like that's not what I'm saying. He, he specifically, you know, he, he's like... It, I don't know. Like he, he, he's not. He's, he's not Roman Yossi. He's just. He's just a prime Shea Weber. Is what you're saying. No, Shea Weber put up points. Shea Weber was more than just a shutdown defenseman. God. All right. So, so he's basically Larry Robinson uh, of the of the 2000th uh, of the 21st century. Is what you're Did saying. Did Larry Robinson not put up any points at all? I don't know. I mean. The, the, okay. I know I know we're both old, but we're not that old, Mario. Oh, exactly. Anyway, <laughs> point point is, you're an idiot, and David Savard has been amazing so far this year. I just don't know where he comes from. He must. I, it might be like I don't know if you watch the games in French, but it must be those uh, those horse legs that they keep saying he they gave him in that stupid. Insu- I think it's an insurance commercial, whatever it is, that commercial where he's on a bike with horse legs. Maybe maybe they actually did that operation, and that was a, the, the way of admitting it, you know. But we thought it was a joke. <laughs> Do you do you have uh, no idea what I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen the commercial. I I, I watch it in English, so. Uh, you should watch it in French. You get you get to see our former uh, football teammate, uh, Jason Richardson, on on his commercial now. Oh, really? I told you. I mean, yeah. It's, oh, maybe. 
it's hilarious. I'm sure this is very interesting to people that don't know Jason listening to the <laughs> podcast. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's got a he's got a commercial now. It always makes me laugh when I see him. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, point is, is a commercial David Savard with horse legs in French commercials, which always makes me laugh because, like, if you're a semi-good Quebec player, come to Montreal and come on a cheap contract because you'll get a commercial deal deal here. Like, where else is David Savard getting a commercial deal? Nowhere. That's true. Nowhere else. Like, how is this not used to our advantage more, where we can't get those still solid Quebec-born players to come here? And just, like, you can make so much more money outside of, you know, your actual salary with the the Canadians. There's no way David Savard gets a commercial anywhere else in the league. I'm telling you, no way. (laughs) No, definitely not. Uh, yeah, well, it's the same thing. Drouin had one when uh, I think when he first got here. I think he even had his own McDonald's uh, hamburger. He here. still has a commercial. He, he Drouin has had commercials. It's so awkward when you're watching the game and he's sitting in the press box and he has that commercial where it, it's something about the lights being off. I forget what it's for. Uh, anyways, Drouin still has this commercial. Like he, he, you don't have to feel bad about Drouin. He doesn't play a lot, but he, he's he's getting his. He's fine. That's uh, okay. I don't feel bad about Drouin, so. Yeah, he's had his uh, he's had his ch- he's had his chances. He's had his chances. Yeah, he's had his chances. And next season, I'm sure he'll have his chance in Arizona or something. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then Not we'll, too worried about then, him. And then he'll pop off, and uh, and then we'll hear about it here about how like he was never giving a proper chance in Montreal. He's not gonna pop off. I'm, I'm not worried. So all right. So if you if you had to make a prediction right now, okay, do you think this team for the next you know 72 games is gonna play? At 500, below 500, or above 500. Like, do you, do you think you're we're gonna end up seeing this team team take a drop, or is this really the team we, we have in Montreal? I think it's gonna be like slightly below. <clears throat> like, I like I don't know between 75 and 80 points. I think they'll finish with. So you know they're they're not gonna finish in the basement, but uh, you know I, I I think enough hopefully for uh, for a top 10 pick at least. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, but uh, uh, I mean, you never know. We could still technically win the lottery, as long as right. Yeah. Like everyone that doesn't make the playoffs can win the lottery. So hey, you never know. That that would be incredible if the, if the team finishes like like 12th last, you know, still miss the playoffs, but then still win the lottery. Oh, just just to see Batman's face, you know, and get get the the, the progression from the. Like, Cause that's the thing, you know. Like I'm not, I, I I'm like even last year was the same thing. Like I can never root for them to lose. First of all, when I'm watching, I like I want them to win every game. And like I get it, Connor Bedard is incredible, and like the top of the draft is incredible. There's so many incredible players to build around. But like, like it's important not to understate how valuable it is to get the experience these kids are getting right now. Like the, how the games have gone so far, like, I I think it's is going to do so much more for the team in the long run. Than, than than you you would get with with necessarily a different pick. Like I get it, Connor Bedard is a generational talent, but even if you're dead last, I mean, I get it. We were dead last last year, and 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 we got the the first overall pick. That's not common. <laughs> that, 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 yeah. More often than not, that's not who wins the the lottery, right? So there's almost like an aspect of 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 luck to it too. Like I, I'd much rather have the team play 500 hockey and actually have growth with the players than have another year of having them like falling in the basement, having a miserable year. And then maybe having a chance and having that topic, you know? Yeah, no, it's, 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 there's definitely something to be said about, you know, having, having that success and, 
And, you know, I mean, we saw it, too, we've seen it in the past where, where teams that just constantly get top picks and, and, and they sort of have that, that losing culture. And again, you know, uh, Oilers always come to mind where they were, they were awful, basically the worst team in the, in the league for, for about a decade. And finally yeah. they, they ended up turning it or turning it around when they got dry idle and McDavid, but you know, basically, but they, they basically had to do a second rebuild, right? They, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. they, had, they had a whole crop of top five picks in Taylor Hall and Nugent Hopkins and, and some other players before they ever got McDavid and, uh, and dry settle. And they never did anything with those guys. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, and, and, and the good thing about this season is, um, you know, I mean, we're, we're winning games, you know, 500 and, and really, like you mentioned before, it's not really the veterans that are stepping up. It's, it's yeah. the young kids. Right. So except for David Savard, of course, except for David Savard, who's an elite yeah. shutdown defenseman. Elite, elite shutdown defenseman. Elite. elite. But uh, uh, yeah, you, you, you'll be happy. I called him elite when we get uh, the two first round picks for him at the trade deadline. Yeah. I, mean, well, uh, I mean, when when he went to Tampa, they, they gave up a first round pick. So why not? Why not? There you go. Get two there, there, there. Hey, how many first do you think the Canadians can have that with this this year? Because the way he's playing right now, Monahan, he's gonna he's gonna fetch a first for sure. Right. Yeah, I, I think Monahan could get a first. I mean, that's uh, aside from Monahan, I don't think that there's anyone else unless they decided to trade Jake Allen, which I don't think is going to happen. I no, don't you think, don't think they. You don't think they'd move uh, Jake Allen? They, 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 they like having him on the. I mean, I think so. You know, I mean, are you really? Even if you do want to tank, are you really going to trust the the top spot to uh, to Moltambu? No, for sure, for sure, and and then you're putting. Uh, you're putting uh, Primo in a, in a bad spot, but yeah, I, I, I guess I guess it's just it's just Monahan. I, I'm I'm not banking on either of the three Stooges, uh, Hoffman, Drouin, and uh, Dadanov to figure it out. Hey, Dadanov's got zero points minus three in eight games. God, that's so bad. Like at least Drouin had that one like nice assist. Hoffman but, has one goal one assist. Oh, that's great. Like I don't know. I feel like Dadanov like. I don't, like I don't know, he hasn't been that like he I, like he hasn't been as bad as Hoffman, that's for sure. Yeah, like Hoffman, I, I I would agree with it. The thing with Hoffman is you can tell he like he's soft, right? And you can tell he doesn't care. At you least can feel it. a little defensively, you know, despite Maybe. plus minus that he has. But you know. no, but that like like I I shouldn't even mention the plus minus. It's such a stupid stat. I mean, like like um. Uh, what's his name? Ghoulies a minus, but obviously because he plays against the best players. Like who? Like it, it's such not a relevant stat. It's lazy. So who, who cares about plus minus? But I'm a little surprised. Dad enough to have like, like say what you will, but if you have zero points, nothing in eight games, just it's just I don't know. Like I feel like you've they've gotten all of them have gotten opportunities. How does that happen? How do you not get yeah. anything in in eight games? No, it's definitely pretty disappointing for sure. I mean. I mean, there, there's a reason why he's in the press box right now. And, and that's, you know, it, it seems like it's been a couple of games now too. So it's, I don't know, something seems to be going on there. He's obviously not happy. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Maybe he, he and Hoffman, who knows, end up on waivers. I mean, uh, on waivers, at yeah. least, at least with Dadanov, it's his last season. Hoffman, he's still got next season too. So yeah, yeah that's uh that's looking like a bad contract. Yeah, that's uh, that's, that's not the, the, a little parting gift from uh, from <laughs> Bergy boy. <laughs> uh, but uh, all right, so let's see. So uh, coming up for the Canadians, we got. Uh, uh, let me let me uh, let me pull it up here. Yeah, 
We got to, it's going to be a tough, uh, <laughs> tough week coming up. Looks like. I mean, uh, you got the Jets tomorrow in Winnipeg. That's probably not going to. That's not good. And it's, uh, that'll probably be a tough game. I mean, after that, you got Vegas as well. I mean, that's that's another game that's going to be tough. It's kind of interesting. Those are the two teams we face in the, in the cup round. Uh, Winnipeg and uh, and Vegas. Maybe they're both going to be out for uh for 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 revenge. But I don't know. Winnipeg doesn't doesn't scare me. Man. Like maybe I'm too. I'm still thinking about that sweep, you know. But uh, I don't know. There's something about Winnipeg. I just I just have no respect for them. Same thing for 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 Vegas. And I, I'm still holding on to grudges from the from that playoff series. I, I I'm not I'm not worried about those uh, those two teams. Yeah, but they, we probably honestly like I I expect to win one and lose one. Uh, every game the rest of the way. At the at the end of it though, this road trip will be would have been success because they already won two on the road trips. But at worst, they're 500 on the road trip, so that's good. But uh, yeah, after that, Detroit and uh, and Vancouver. Detroit looking much better this year. Vancouver was horrible to start of the year. They're actually they're actually bouncing back though. So I'll probably win two, lose two. Just keep keep the trend going. I, mean, I think they're gonna win one out of the win one out of the four. I don't know who. Uh, I'd say. I don't know. Maybe they'll beat Vancouver. But, uh, yeah, Jets, Golden Knights, Wings, I think they're all going to beat the Habs. Okay. Uh, so right. sounds, sounds like you think the Canadians are going to take a nosedive in the standings. So we're, we're back on track for Bedard. It's perfect. <laughs> I don't know. Like, let's, like the, the goaltending hasn't been as bad as it was last year, and the defense has been much better. It's not the same team as last year. It's, uh, it, it's really not. Like, I, I really expect them to win two. Out of those, uh, out of those, I think they win one of two against either Winnipeg or Vancouver. Uh, not Vancouver, uh, uh, Winnipeg and Vegas, and then they, they will beat Vancouver. We don't have to Foley to to dominate Vancouver anymore, but uh, but still, I think we I think we can beat them without him. We'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting week for sure. A couple of tough games, and uh, I mean, you know, they have, I mean, the Habs. I mean, the the kids. Every time you think they're going to lose, I mean, they keep impressing. So. Oh, exactly. So I don't know why you think they're gonna lose. They're gonna keep. That's, well, that's the thing. It's really, it's really Caulfield and Suzuki. Like the the percentage of goals that are scored by either of those two. Like if like the last thing I want to happen is either of them get an injury. But if you, either of them go down, that's when okay, the the, the team's gonna take a, a nosedive. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? I mean, yeah. well, and, and it's like this for any team. I mean, if, if you have an injury to to one of your top players, like if Suzuki or Caulfield goes down or Jake Allen goes down, I mean, forget it. Yeah, that's true. Be racking up the losses pretty fast if that happens. It's true. It's true. All right, but anyways, let's talk about the uh, the minor league trade for the Canadians. So uh, new management, but uh, still acquiring random uh, Quebecers. I see. <laughs> Massive trade, game changer, blockbuster. Trading Cam Hillis, former third round pick Cam Hillis, for uh, Nicolas Bouldin. I mean, uh, uh, I mean overall, it's a pretty good trade. Uh, Cam Hillis was. Clearly, never going to really make the NHL. I mean, you know, he had so much, so much hope. He drafted, a, like I said, in the third round. I think in 2017, 20, 2018, 2018, drafted in the third round. I mean, showed a lot of promise, but it really dealt with injuries his last two seasons in the CHL with Guelph, um, and never really bounced back. Sort of fell out of favor, I think, uh, and fell down the depth chart. I mean, he was he was the only player on an NHL contract in Trois-Rivières so that that pretty much tells you what you need to know and uh and right right before 
he got traded, uh, you know, based, I, I think it was the last game before he got traded. He, he was interviewed and basically, you know, kind of without really saying it, he kind of showed the frustration that, that, you know, he was, he, he was stuck in Trois-Rivières instead. Of, he wanted to be in Laval at least. And uh, so, you know, but it, he was clearly fell out of favor with the team and Nicolas Boudin, I mean, I think first of all, he's a French Canadian. So everybody's going to be happy about that in the media. And, uh, and he actually, Fits. I think he's going to be a really, really solid addition to the Rocket. Yes, he's a left-handed defenseman. I know everybody keeps saying that, well, the Habs have enough left-handed defensemen, but that's not really true if you look at the Rocket. Uh, I think they only have two left, uh, left-handed left defensemen, aside from Boulding. And William Trudeau, who was a fourth-round pick in 2020, he could potentially get sent back back down to uh, to the Armada in the queue. Plus, he actually, I think he got injured this weekend as well, so... I think he's going to be a really good addition. He could be a top defenseman for the Rocket. And, and you know, potentially if, if the injuries start to pile up, he's a guy that could actually step in for the Canadians, unlike Cam Hillis. So overall, it, uh, it's a really, really good trade for uh, for Ken Hughes and the Habs. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is... It's a minor league trade. It's a minor league trade, right? Like, there's, there's nothing... There's not going to be some surprise. Like, I get... He's only 23 and he's a for a former first-round pick, but... There's not going to be some surprise breakout coming for for Nikola Bourdain, right? No, I'd, uh, no I'd, I definitely don't think so. Uh, you know, he hasn't really shown he was when he was drafted. He was he was more of a well a two way defenseman, but he definitely even in the AHL he hasn't put up put up too many points. Um, but uh, yes, it's you know it's it's not a it's not going to be a blockbuster trade. But at the end of the day, he's a guy that could potentially step in at some point for the Habs, and he's a guy that's that's going to make the Rocket better. It's something that Cam Hillis wasn't even playing with the Rockets, so yeah, which, which is fair enough. Just fair enough. It's, it's good for for for, for like it's, it's it's good for the team when the Rocket does well, right? Like it's good for the the, the young guys on the Rockets' progress to, to be on be on a winning team. So there, I, I think it's important not to discount these types of moves. It, it's nice to see that he's not forgetting about the Rocket completely and, and making some moves for for them too. Yeah, the Rocket have sucks sucks so far this year. So, be, so they can <laughs> all the reinforcements they can get, man. Yeah, we uh, we keep expecting them to uh, to do better, but uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, it it is uh, it is what it is. But uh, moving on from the Rocket, big news from uh, the I think new favorite prospect of uh, of all Habs fans, Lane Hudson, uh, named the Hockey East Rookie of the Month, and I feel like every day on Twitter. I get, uh, I see, uh, and he only plays once a week, right, in college. And I feel like every day on Twitter, I'm seeing highlights of Lane Hudson. Like he's, like I get it, he's still the like, undersized and all that, but man, he's looking incredible. Yeah, man, this guy is, uh, is a beast. <laughs> yeah, and he's definitely looking like a steal so far. I mean, obviously it's pretty early, early to be saying that, but I mean, eight points so far in seven games for Lane Hudson. Uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's killing, I mean, it, it, you really don't see that from, from, first of all, a freshman very often. You don't see that also coming from a, a freshman defenseman and especially his size. Like, I mean, he's, he's over a point per game and, you know, you see that from time to time in the CHL, but I mean, he's an 18 year old playing against in universities, playing against guys that are 21, 22, 23, maybe even 24 years old. So, you know, not, not necessarily against men, but kind of men young men well so, is, is it encouraging the fact that he could do this despite his size in college right because it's not like college is is, is known for being a small league right you still have some 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 big players coming out of college like the fact that he's able to hold on his own there and it's not affecting him you know 
Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's, it's really exciting for sure. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of the time when they're playing college hockey is, you know, they play a lot less frequently, so they spend more time in the gym and, uh, you know, he, he could definitely use, uh, use a little muscle on his body. So, I mean, uh, uh so far it's extremely encouraging. And I mean, you know, do they have, a, do they have new machines at the gym that you can use to get taller though? Or <laughs> not last time I checked, I mean, I, I was looking for them last time I went to the gym, which was probably so, a couple of years ago. Was it? But, the 2017 yeah pretty much <laughs> i guess five years ago maybe they have those machines now i don't know yeah you, you, technology does progress very quickly to be <laughs> fair uh but yeah i mean look it's like we, we've already talked about like lane hudson so much everyone's talking about lane hudson it's it's really hard not to get too excited by this kid but man he might he really could end up being an incredible steal for for, for the canadians but uh, only only time will tell. I mean, he, we're, we're still a few years from seeing him in the NHL, anyways. But man, uh, I don't know. He's uh, he's he's looking like an absolute steal. Him and Owen Beck, and like with the way uh, Sapkowski's playing, like the first draft from this group is uh, is looking good so far. Yeah, man. And let's not forget about the second first round pick, Philip Massar, too. I mean, eight points True. in the game so far. He's he's been killing it, man. Like sure. he's playing for the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL, who were not doing very good before Massar got there, and he's he's just been killing it. Playing on a top line with uh, Francisco Pinelli, who's uh, a Kings draft pick, second rounder from 2021, and like the, the those two together have just been dominating so far. So, uh, it's it's exciting to see for sure, and uh, yeah, you know, I mean, he he's definitely showing why he was drafted in the first round. Um, I know I definitely had some had my own personal doubts, but I mean, man, he's showing uh, he's showing a lot of offensive potential, and he could be a really, really solid signing or a, or a draft pick for the Habs. Is this the 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 best you felt about the Habs' future since being yeah, a Habs fan? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, like I I really you know it, it's always hard to root against the Habs. But like I really feel like if we can just have one more ideally top five pick, like I think next like starting next year, like I think the, the Canadians are gonna be on a on an upward trajectory for the next five, six, seven years, where we could, you know, very possibly, you know, if, if a couple of things go right in two to three years, we could be a Stanley Cup contender and and hopefully win win a cup or two. I mean I, I try not to even think about that. It just, it just, it just feels like so. We're, we're so, we're so, so far from that. It, it's just so, so hard to win the cup. Uh, more, more so than ever with, uh, with 32 teams. But yeah, like just the way the, the, the team's looking for the future. Looking, but I get what you mean. One more player we've been saying about this since the beginning. But like, look, okay, so looking at the draft, okay, like we don't think we're gonna get a top five pick at this point. Like unless there's a the, the, the you know another season with full of injuries it's not what we want necessarily but everyone talks about how great this draft is at what point do you think are you happy about the pick and you're getting a pick that's really going to be a, a a game changer like within one or two years you know is it is it top 10 and you're happy you know or or what are we talking about i mean i think i think if you can get a top 10 pick you're going to get a really really solid player that could have could have that would have gone in the top five last year um i mean i don't know that anyone outside of bedard fantilli and mitchkov are going to be an impact player in the next year or two 
Um, but uh, I mean, like there's so many good guys and, and forwards too. Like, I mean, like, and guys that could potentially be goal scorers in the NHL. So there's just so many, like really anyone in the top 10 could be a game changer for the Habs moving forward. So just, All just, right. just one just, more bad. Year. Yeah. We need another eight game losing streak. Like uh, there you go. There last you go. year. And then, and, then, and then we'll, then we'll be all, one eight game losing streak and then 500 hockey for the rest of the year. So we can actually enjoy watching them and then we're probably good. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And I think, you know, next, even, even next season, I think the Canadians can take, can take a step forward. I mean, you know, just, just getting rid of some of these contracts, Dadanon's going to be gone. Now, obviously you're going to have to start paying Caulfield. That's going to be really expensive, but you know, getting guys like Drouet off the books, getting guys yeah. like Dadanov off the books, Hoffman, maybe you end up buying him out or something. I mean, it's, well, even Monaghan too. I mean, well, potentially you're moving, hopefully for, for a first round pick or, or, or some sort of good, asset at the trade deadline but you know it's going to free up a lot of cap room and and you know maybe they're not going to necessarily do anything with it next year but it's going to you know open up opportunities and and maybe some opportunities for some other young players uh you know in laval and and well the, the, the progress we're going to see with this team is going to be through like the kids getting better right that, that, that's what we're going to see in the next few years it's not necessarily acquisitions or big moves or big trades or or i mean we might be adding a a big big center in next off season in uh, in Zubois. like if if that's still a thing so you never know but uh uh i mean th- if that happens next off season then i think we're 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 taking a solid uh solid step forward but uh but with all uh, the picks they have with all the prospects yeah. they have they also have the assets to 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 pot- to do like if it makes sense to to make a move like that yeah 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 that, absolutely absolutely so uh, we'll see. It's a it's an exciting time to uh, to be a, a house fans for sure. But I don't know. Like I still can't root for them to lose. To lose. I just, it's just they're 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 too fun of a team right now. They're too fun of a team right now. And I just want I still want them to keep winning even if it's for the best if they lose. But uh, uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean it's just it, that's this is why we need to trade Jake Allen right. He's playing too well and he needs there to relax. Go. Oh, yeah. how, <laughs> he's he's got to calm the fuck down. Yeah, exactly. There, bring up Primo. You uh, can lose every game ten to nine. Motambu, Primo duo, and and uh and uh, like I I would believe in getting a top five pick. Like honestly, hundred <laughs> percent. Like Motambu hasn't been that bad this year, but if if we're relying on him to be number one, watch out, watch out. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I think that uh, that pretty much uh, does it for uh, for this week's episode. Uh, was there was there anything else that uh, that I forgot to talk about that you wanted to bring up? No, I think that was pretty much it. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll be back next week. I will. I will. Still make promises, Dust. Still make promises you can't keep. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. If there if there's any big news, any 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 big games to talk about. But uh, as always, follow us at the Habs Forum on twitter to see what the next episode is and uh, and all that uh, all that fun stuff as always thank you for listening and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time